This episode contains graphic content that may be disturbing or traumatizing to some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. In the years leading up to the gruesome rose petal murder of Christina Parcell in Greer, South Carolina, this middle-aged mother was embroiled in a bitter and acrimonious custody battle. Parcell was fighting with her former boyfriend, John Mello, over access to their young daughter, who was under the age of 10 at the time her mother was murdered. Numerous police reports and court filings documented the many allegations Mello and Parcell hurled against each other during this contentious time. The first incident, or at least the first incident we know about, involved a report made to the Greenville County Sheriff's Department a little more than five years before the shocking ritualistic murder inside her sister's suburban home. On July 27, 2016, John Mello walked into the Sheriff's Department in downtown Greenville and filed a police report against Christina Parcell. He claimed that on the previous day, Parcell had assaulted him during a custody exchange at his home at 12 Blake Street in Greenville. At the time of this incident, Mello had sole custody over the young girl. And according to the report, both he and Parcell had been having frequent disputes over visitation. The seeds of a savage crime were being sown. According to John Mello, Christina Parcell wanted to take their daughter out to dinner and spend some time with her, which he claims to have agreed to. But when Parcell arrived to pick the young girl up on that summer evening in 2016, Mello said she seemed agitated. According to him, she was stressed out, which he attributed to the ongoing custody fight, as well as final exams for several college courses Parcell was taking. Mello told sheriff's deputies he consented to the mother-daughter dinner outing because he felt it would help Parcell relax. After she left, though, he contacted a friend and asked that person to come to his house and serve as a witness upon Parcell's return from dinner. Why? because Mello claimed he was afraid there would be a physical altercation when she got back. And there was, at least according to the statement Mello gave to the police. When Parcel returned, their fight over visitation allegedly continued and escalated. Mello's statement to police accused Christina of lunging at him, of attempting to slap him in the face. She also allegedly tried to punch him, forcing him to lean backwards so as to dodge her flying fists. Next, Mello claimed Parcell shoved him backward with both hands on his chest. This caused him to stumble and step on their daughter's foot, which he says caused the child to scream and cry. Mello's attorney advised him to file a police report and pursue criminal charges against Parcell. He followed that advice. The officer taking the report noted Mello had marks on his body consistent with the statement regarding the assault. On cue, the friend Mello summoned to his home also provided a statement verifying the particulars of the confrontation, confirming Mello's account. Ironically, the home address listed by the friend was located just six doors down from the home on Canebrake, where Parcell would eventually be murdered on the morning of October 13, 2021. After taking down Mello's allegations, assessing his injuries, and speaking with his witness, Police reached out to Parcell. Asked for her version of events, Parcell provided a vastly different narrative. According to her, when she returned from dinner with her daughter, Mello began berating her, 
repeatedly calling her a slut and a whore, among other names. She said there was no physical altercation, but did originally claim that when she pulled into the driveway, Mello pulled the child out of the vehicle and proceeded to stand between Christina and the door. Moments later, though, Parcel changed her story, stating that she, not Mello, had gotten the child out of the vehicle. According to the deputy who interviewed her, Parcel's story was inconsistent, and she could not seem to provide a logical sequence of events. Based on all of the available information, a warrant was issued for Christina Parcel's arrest, and according to the incident report, charges against her were filed. What happened to those charges? That's a good question. They are no longer listed in the Greenville County Public Index, which means they were either not indicted, not prosecuted, or more likely addressed in some form of pretrial intervention, which would make sense given Parcell's lack of a previous criminal record. In a lot of contentious custody battles, the involvement of the police scares the parties straight. They become acutely aware of the consequences, especially to children, and think twice about future escalation. In a lot of cases, cooler heads prevail. People calm down, reason with each other. In a lot of cases, people figure out how to make it work and put away their swords. In a lot of cases, but not this one. Welcome back to Fitz Files, a true crime podcast written and produced by the news team at FitzNews.com. We're the crew that broke the Murdoch Murders Crime and Corruption Saga and America's Cheer Incorporated Sex Abuse Scandal wide open. Fitz News is an independent, tenacious media outlet covering the intersection of crime, justice, politics, and corruption in South Carolina and beyond. I'm your host, Fitz founding editor Will Folks. I'll be joined on this show by Jen Wood, who you just heard from, Dylan Nolan, Kelly Lyons, and the rest of our news team as we dive deeper into the stories we cover on FitzNews.com. That reminds me, all the articles, documents, sound clips, and other info referenced on this show are available for your review on FitzNews.com. Again, that's F-I-T-S-N-E-W-S.com. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for supporting our work. Now, back to Jen Wood and the bitter custody battle between John Mello and Christina Parcell. In November of 2016, a man named Kevin walked into the Greenville County Sheriff's Department and filed a report of criminal sexual contact with a minor involving the young daughter of Christina Parcell and John Mello. According to Kevin, he was visiting with the young child after she had just spent Thanksgiving weekend with Parcell. During that visit, he noticed her exhibiting some odd behavior. She was scratching herself and scooting her bottom across the floor almost as if she had fleas. Kevin also noticed the young girl was spending a lot of time in the bathroom. When he questioned her about whether anything was wrong, she told him her grandfather, Timothy Parcell, had touched her private area. Then she pointed to her genitals. The child pleaded with Kevin not to tell her parents, and he didn't. But he felt compelled to contact law enforcement and report what he had seen and heard. Because Timothy Parcell resided in Pickens County, which borders Greenville County to the west, the report was forwarded to their sheriff's office. Eventually, investigators determined it was unfounded, but that certainly wasn't the end of that story. 
On December 14, 2017, John Mello and his attorney, Marcus Smith, walked into the Greenville County Sheriff's Department and filed a police report against Parcell for unlawful conduct towards a child. According to Mello, his ex-girlfriend had violated a court order preventing her parents, Erica and Timothy Parcell, from having unsupervised contact with their child. Mello claimed the young girl had been left alone with her grandparents over the Thanksgiving holiday, the second Thanksgiving in a row which resulted in police reports being filed in connection with the child's holiday visitation. These claims were made in an affidavit attached to the court order, which barred Christina's parents from having any unsupervised contact with the child. That order, originally issued in 2016 by Greenville County Family Court Judge Rochelle Connitz, was upheld by Judge Tamara Dunbar in August of the following year. According to her affidavit, Christina simply forgot about the restraining order when she decided to leave her child with her parents to go to the grocery store. It completely slipped my mind, she said. Another statement by a friend of Mello's named Eduardo was also attached to the complaint. According to Eduardo, he was having lunch with John Mello and his daughter in early March of 2017 when he spilled some sugar on the table. As Eduardo was wiping the sugar off the table with his hand, the young girl exclaimed, Grandpa smells sugar off the table. Eduardo claimed he and Mello were shocked. When Mello questioned the child about it, Eduardo stated that she looked scared and said, I didn't say anything. I didn't say it. Eduardo said both he and Mello suspected the child was referring to drugs, obviously cocaine. And when Mello explained that Christina Parcell had testified previously that her father had a history of cocaine and other substance abuse, Eduardo said it all made sense. Christina Parcell did in fact state in her deposition that her mother used marijuana and that her father had used both marijuana and cocaine. She also stated that she told someone, and I quote, that her parents molested her as a child. But Mello only provided part of her deposition to the police. The rest of the document was not filed with the report, and the officer noted this in his narrative. This is consistent with how Mello has provided documentation to me in his emails. By sharing and highlighting small portions of case files and documents, it's always best foot forward for him, followed by the worst possible construction for everyone else. Mello's missives come off as contrived, overwrought, like someone trying too hard. Musicians are supposed to know about tension and release, about not overplaying. How is this self-styled music producer missing that? More importantly, what made him think he could press the mute button on the rest of the song, the parts he wasn't playing? When police followed up with John Mello's attorney regarding the portions of the deposition that he failed to include, he explained they had just copied the pages that appeared pertinent to the case. Then he read him the pages that followed. The missing pages of Christina Parcell's deposition changed the narrative quite a bit. In them, Christina explained that she reconciled with Mello at one point and that he was the one who suggested she was molested by her parents. Christina then stated it was possible, but that she had no memories of that happening. Christina further stated she was being influenced by Mello 
to say that her parents molested her, which is why she made up that particular allegation. Important context, right? The case was ultimately closed after the deputy consulted with the judge and determined the matter would be best handled in family court. Before they closed it, though, the deputy noted that he had discovered no fewer than four complaints on file with the South Carolina Department of Social Services in this matter. All of these complaints were initiated by John Mello against Christina Parcell, and all of them were determined to be unfounded. On December 29, 2017, Mello filed yet another incident report with the Greenville County Sheriff's Office. In this filing, taken by investigator Dan Bevel, Mello claimed that a note had been left inside the door of his vehicle that read, Drop the case or die. The note was created using letters cut out from a magazine, like some ransom note from a 1980s movie. When Mello filed the report, he noted that the last time he had exchanged custody of his daughter with Parcell, that she told him her boyfriend, Bradley Post, would rather, quote, take care of him than pay her lawyer fees. By take care of him, Post did not mean treating Mello to a bonbon lifestyle. Mello took the remark as a threat. Mello also told Bevel that Post had a lot of money, that he believed Post was a loan shark, and that due to these reasons, he feared an altercation with him. Christina Parcell denied being anywhere near Mello's home at the time the note was planted. As for the note itself, it was sent for forensic processing, but no definitive results were ever disclosed, and no charges were ever filed. Mello wasn't done filing reports against Christina Parcell, though. In the next report, which alleged child abuse, Mello said his young daughter had told him over dinner one night that she slept naked in bed with her mother and her mother's boyfriend, Bradley Post. Investigator Bevel also took this report from Mello, and in it he stated that he interviewed the child, who not only confirmed that she had in fact said this, but that the incident in question had occurred two years earlier. Bevel requested a forensic interview with a child abuse specialist, but he also noted in his file that Mello had made several social services allegations in the past against Christina. He listed some of the allegations from those prior complaints, but added several new ones. Among those, Christina giving her daughter over-the-counter cold meds without first consulting John, Christina giving her daughter too many baths, which made her eczema worse, Christina taking her to a roller derby where she allegedly witnessed, quote, brutal acts. The girl also allegedly tested positive on a drug screen following a visit with her mother. And perhaps most concerning, she almost drowned at Table Rock Reservoir due to inadequate supervision. Bevel further noted that Mello had previously been charged with stalking Christina and that a harassment report had been filed with Greenville City Police against him as he was continually contacting his ex-girlfriend. The report made further note of the complaint mentioned in our previous episode, in which Mello was accused of using the telephone for unlawful communications when his gas was shut off. The police were picking up on a pattern of behavior, but when they took their findings to a judge, no probable cause for a warrant was found, and no charges were filed. The harassment case file contained numerous examples of the complaints Mello sent to child services, all of which were deemed unfounded. 
In one complaint, Mello claimed that when his daughter was returned to him, she had an open sore that hadn't been cared for. She simply does not take care of this child, Mello claimed, referring to Parcel. He went on to say that he had full custody of his daughter, but that Parcel was suing him for custody. This woman is mentally unstable, a criminal, a liar, a complete danger to this child, Mello alleged. In a nine-day visit, this child nearly died and was exposed to marijuana and returned to me so sick she was in the hospital. The investigator also deemed this complaint unfounded. In yet another complaint filed by Mello, he claimed Parcel was emotionally abusing the child by saying they couldn't go to the fair because she couldn't afford it. Mello also claimed a few people had told him Parcel was selling marijuana and other drugs to help pay her mounting legal bills, which one must wonder were related to Mello. The investigator deemed that complaint unfounded. The complaints go on and on, for pages and pages. In one of them, Mello claimed that something had occurred for which Parcel would later be arrested, but that he was not at liberty to say what it was. In another, he complained his daughter missed breakfast, and in another, that Parcel didn't brush her teeth. All of these claims were deemed unfounded. No evidence appears to have ever been provided to investigators substantiating any of them. In fact, evidence actually disproved some of the claims. On December 18, 2018, John Miller filed a report stating his daughter had tested positive for marijuana when he had her screened for drugs. Sheriff's deputies contacted social services who had sent the child for full urine, hair, and oral screening for drugs. All of the tests, every last one of them, came back negative. Once again, the investigating officer closed the file, stating the claims were unfounded. On November 20, 2020, Christina Parcell filed a police report for custodial interference against John Mello. According to the report, she hadn't seen her daughter in nearly a month and was worried John Mello had taken her with him to Italy. Asked why she believed that, Parcell told the officer he had withdrawn her daughter from school and that all of his Facebook posts featured Italian writing on the signage in the background. Additionally, Mello emailed Christina and told her they were in Italy, instructing her not to contact them anymore. Christina had visitation rights to her daughter under a court order, and Mello was supposed to provide for those rights. Taking the girl to Italy clearly violated that order, and so a warrant was issued for his arrest on the charge of custodial interference. But Mello was in Italy. Who was going to arrest him? The investigating deputy reached out to the FBI, who advised him this was not a case they would adopt. While the FBI was reviewing, the State Department was busy, preparing a Hague hearing regarding the daughter. But Christina was concerned that as the hearing approached, Mello would leave Italy and go to another country with the girl. With the assistance of deputies in Greenville County's extradition unit, they learned what's known as a green notice could be completed by the U.S. Marshals. This would prevent the child from leaving the country and ultimately require her to be returned to the U.S. With assistance from the U.S. Marshals, Christina Parcell was able to retrieve her daughter. However, John Mello remained in Italy. He would not return to the United States until after her murder. 
Despite Mello being in Italy, the harassment of Parcel continued. On July 28, 2021, less than three months before she was murdered, Christina Parcel reported to police that her boyfriend had received an envelope containing nude photos of her. And included in the envelope was a checklist of neighbors, attorneys, and friends of Post, leading them to believe similar packages had been sent to those individuals. Post was able to intercept six of these packages. Post and Parcel were sure that Mello was responsible for these delivers, but Mello was still in Italy, and the packages were all postmarked in Greenville, South Carolina, and Knoxville, Tennessee. So who sent them? This is where our story turns back to Zach Hughes, the classically trained pianist, friend of John Mello's, and the man accused by police and prosecutors of stabbing Christina Parcell more than 30 times in the head and neck area in her sister's home on that fateful fall morning. In our next episode, we will continue exploring John Mello's relationship with the accused killer in this case, including evidence linking the two of them together that no one else has heard before. But we will also dive into a part of the story that none of us saw coming, a part of the story that will doubtless shock you more than anything you've heard yet, changing the way you look at this entire case. That's because the rose petal murder which was just starting to coalesce around a narrative we could comprehend, something we could at least start wrapping our minds around, was about to go in a different, darker direction. A totally unexpected direction. Throughout this episode, you've heard the term unfounded complaint used often, and you've seen Mello's selective version of the truth. But as the story advanced to its gory crescendo, it's important to note not all of Mello's complaints and concerns were unfounded. <laughs>